From the Chattanooga Area Chamber of Commerce, I'm Jeremy Henderson. And I'm Christy Gillenwater, and this is Chattanooga Works. From our first moments to our last, we all engage with the healthcare system throughout our lives, so it's in our best interest to ensure that the talented, qualified people are entering the industry. That's what we're here to talk about today. We are joined by David Pascal, partner at Transparency Health and chair of the new Healthcare Alliance at the Chamber. Welcome, David. Good morning, Jeremy. Happy to be here. Good morning. So can you tell us a little bit about just what the Healthcare Alliance is? Uh, definitely. Uh, and you know, and before I jump into that, I really wanted to thank uh, everyone that's been pushing this initiative uh, at the Chamber, Christy, for her leadership, for uh, really bringing this to the forefront. I think it's a, a very in- important topic. So overall, the goals of the Healthcare Alliance uh, is really to, to enhance an already strong and growing healthcare sector uh, through three main areas uh, that we were looking at. First of those is, you know, really bolstering the recruitment efforts um, that we have underway, and that's bringing talent, you know, the, the needed healthcare talent uh, from, from outside of the community in. Uh, also aligning those talent needs uh, with our uh, edu- uh, educational uh, institutions here. Uh, and that's you know, really growing that organic pipeline here in Chattanooga to fill many of those needs that we have. Um, and then I'll say the third is, you know, something that I'm very passionate about, uh, which is really fostering, you know, our healthcare-related startups uh, and, and kind of growing that ecosystem um, uh, through the entire healthcare sector. You know, and that could be from our healthcare information technology groups, uh, which is the world I come from, uh, but also taking taking advantage of our manufacturing routes uh, with device companies. Uh, and we're already seeing, um, you know, Chattanooga is branded as a startup community, entrepreneurial community, uh, and we're already seeing many of these startups uh, in the healthcare arena already. Uh, so we really need to align everyone and bring them together. Okay. Um, Christy, you really spearheaded uh, this effort at the chamber. Could you talk a little bit about why you felt this was important? Sure. There were, there were a few things, and it, it, it really did dovetail with a national fellowship that I was in around talent pipeline development. And as I you know approached my new job here with the Chattanooga Chamber and being in this fantastic community, I looked at the amazing you know talent pipeline work going on and, and realized that we don't really have a lot of sector-specific initiatives where you look at kind of the startup scene, the whole sector as a whole, and um, the talent pipeline development. We have some great partner organizations. You know, there's one folks around manufacturing. Chawtech is folks around IT. But it, but in terms of like th- th- this really kind of large look and um, within a sector in this capacity, I guess, and in, in the I guess from the standpoint of where the chamber's involvement is, we saw you know healthcare is such a great sector because we didn't want to you know infringe on what Chawtech's doing or the manufacturing association, but but we have such a growing and evolving healthcare sector. Not only is it in the hospitals, but you look at the assisted living facilities, the nursing facilities, you know, um, our large companies that, that are in this sector and the insurance and, and other capacities. And a real opportunity to take the sector to the next level. And as you articulated, Jeremy, I mean, 
healthcare affects everyone in this community, right? I mean, like it or not, we all are going to require um, an interface with healthcare providers, and we all should be on a regular basis. And as those providers are at the top of their game, so are we as a community. We have better health, um, and it, it just projects our entire community. When you think about it, uh, from an employment sector, it's the third largest employment sector um, in our community. Um, they drive, second driver of GDP, and the opportunity to to take this sector to the next level is so great. Um, The interface with every resident in this community was so important as we moved forward. And what we we really liked about it is we really looked at the data as well. I mean, it's projected that by 2024, we are going to require hiring 315 registered nurses every year. Well, we're not not producing that. And that is no, I'm not speaking negatively about our system, but it's that demand is that great and and how can we shine a light on that and work together um, everyone instead of you know one institution working with one higher ed partner right I mean everyone together communicating a cohesive message about what the needs are of the industry and then how do we tackle those issues together as a community and so that's why we're really excited about you know the healthcare sector not to mention like David said you know the opportunity for the startup scene we we sit between you know Nashville and Atlanta, and as he'll tell you, I mean, two strongest you know healthcare startup scenes in the country. Um, you know, how can we maximize our positioning between those two cities, but at the same time maximize the amazing outputs that are being produced right here in our sector, and and really again taking those to the next level by creating the right ecosystem of support. Yeah, I, I think that's that's very important, Christy. And you know, we've all seen Chattanooga's growth uh, over the past few years. Um, you know, from Charles and economic development teams uh, work on that, the, the multiple initiatives that have gone in and, and supported that. Um, that's really put us in the top, you know, echelon of cities in the country for economic growth, but also population growth. Uh, and with that population growth uh, comes the need to to really support and maximize. Uh, our healthcare sector, uh, and you know that's from filling a need, but it's also from filling an opportunity uh, that's coming. You know, you mentioned uh, National and Atlanta, Christy. The, you know, if you look over the past five to seven years, uh, the number one and number two cities in the country uh, are in really healthcare sector growth, uh, which is a massive driver of those economies, are Nashville and Atlanta. So I think that's important. What are some concrete steps? That the alliance is taking to to address these issues. Well, first of all, it's been it's been uh, very eye opening. Um, in fact, the some of the sector leaders came to us and the VPs of HR, you know, from the HR leaders, saying, "Hey, will you please pull us together because we need your help yesterday on recruiting external talent here, and we want to work together to increase the size of the pie, not divvy up the size of you know the healthcare sector employee base differently, but how do we bring in more people, um, and at the same time look at how do we we develop our pipeline in the future. So, so there will be a meeting here in the next few weeks um, around the recruiting side, and we're looking at some different strategies. Like, you know, the chamber produced this great Cha Cha Land video um, that was really a play to you know the startup community and talent. Um, so, how can we? 
maybe make some changes to that, for example, and, and have a more healthcare focused approach, and then look together, how can we initiate, maybe it's a social media related campaign to those with ties back to Chattanooga and Hamilton County who are in the sector, and maybe at the main pain points, if it is registered nurses, okay, how do we have a very honed strategy that helps everyone collectively? You know, they can tell their own individual story, but as a community, how do we tell our story that hey, you know, you're a registered nurse, you have a relationship with Chattanooga, or you've indicated an interest in Tennessee. How do we get you to consider Chattanooga and the depth and breadth of opportunities here? And we just hired a, a new team member um, on our, our chamber team, and his wife is a nurse. They're moving from Nashville. And I mean, I sent her a resume out, and immediately she had calls. I mean, you know, it's just so needed, right? And so how can we work together? And then on the talent pipeline uh, front, we do have some ideas behind that. We went to vet uh, those ideas with those HR leaders in the sector. So um, we're interested in pulling them together and seeing kind of what what bubbles up. And we we want this to be very, you know, organic. And then I think, you know, don't want to speak on, on David's path, but I think he has some ideas around, um, you know, the startup scene as well and, and what we can do. And a lot of it is just getting brilliant minds around the table and unleashing their their ideas and and then coming to consensus on what is practical, realistic for us to implement here that really, um, you know, sends our forward trajectory at a different level. But ultimately, what we want to do is is grow jobs here and and create more clear pathways for individuals in our community. I mean, the other thing I love about the healthcare sector is there is an equity play here. We can build more equity for more of our citizens by creating clear pathways. Um, within the healthcare sector, starting at you know middle school and high school level for folks, um, as well as thinking about our existing workforce. I mean, these jobs are accessible to so many of our residents, but do they realize you know the pathways that are needed to get into it? And the other reason I love the healthcare sector is is the um, credentialing and the pathways are so clear. I mean, right? They're they're national. They're very standardized. So it isn't getting as messy as some industries in terms of you know, it's very clear how you move from one step to another, depending on what you know route you decide to take. But I think that that equity play and the inclusion play is something we can't underestimate for this initiative as well. No, I think that's right, Christy. And and the uh, you know everyone has a vested interest uh, in this going well. So I think it's aligning those stakeholders uh, to really make sure that we're putting our best foot forward uh, to get to the goals that we all are, are looking to get to. Um, and I think achieving those goals will need, you know, healthcare leaders, educators, you know, we'll need those uh, community organizations. Um, and some of the work that's already been done with Chattanooga 2.0 uh, is, is going to be key here. Uh, and, you know, in the initial thoughts, um, you know, around that uh, formation uh, was really the, you know, putting together a guiding team uh, made up of the major, you know, payers, providers, educators, uh, and vendors. Um, and like you said before, we've received some some great feedback, some very positive feedback so far uh, in, in getting that together. Um, but also we're looking at uh, also putting together uh, three working groups that are going to align with those three goals that I mentioned before uh, with, you know, recruiting, talent, uh, pipeline development uh, coming organically, and also around those uh, healthcare-related business scene. And, you know, one of the things people often, you know, if you kind of peel back the onion from a Nashville, like David said, one of the top two in the country, or even a Louisville, Kentucky, when you look at those 
com- those communities with strong healthcare sectors. You peel back that onion, you find there was a concerted effort around that industry. There were you know brilliant minds pulled together in a collaborative manner to say, how do we take this sector to the next level? How do we increase the size of the pie? And that's exactly what we're trying to do here. Healthcare makes so much sense for us on a number of levels. We have brilliant talent in this space right here. How do we pull together everyone and work collaboratively to take it to the next level? Kind of the Chattanooga way. I mean, that's what we do in Chattanooga. That We have a strong history of that. And uh, we kind of focus off on one area at a time. And in this case, we're saying, hey, let's add you know healthcare to that focus area. So you've both mentioned uh, equity and and starting at the high school level. Um, could you explain um, what the Future Ready Institutes are and how that is going to interact with this initiative? Absolutely. So, you know, we're very excited um, about Dr. Johnson's vision around Future Ready Institutes. And of course, you know, um, being a key partner in Chattanooga 2.0, you know, um, Jared Bingham, the, the staff at 2.0 are part of our organization. And, and we work with a plethora of partners in supporting the 2.0, you know, initiatives. And they're, you know, hundreds of organizations and people involved in in Chattanooga 2.0. And when Dr. Johnson brought his Future Ready Institute uh, concept and vision to the Chattanooga 2.0 leadership team, everyone was just so energized around it. And so so how it works is, first of all, um, Blake Freeman, uh, who's been hired by Dr. Johnson, is just uh, so energetic around this, and he's leading this initiative. And healthcare was um, an early one to the table, and Erlanger stepped up, and they're partnering uh, with them. Um, and implementing this program at, um, I believe it's Howard's school. And uh, how it will work is ideally, so starting this fall, um, any of the future ready institutes that are launching will start with a ninth grade cohort right? And then each year you add in a grade, right? So the ninth graders next year will, you know, the following year will be 10th graders, right? So in four, you know, four years, you will have a full class, right, of of folks in this case in the Healthcare Future Ready Institute. And the idea is to have a curriculum more focused in that area, but also to engage students in real world experiential learning and um, experiences with companies in that space uh, within the school so that uh, they understand the practicality of what they're learning and and see a pathway for their future in that space. And, you know, Dr. Johnson's idea is that, you know, kids from other schools could be transported into the Future Ready Institute of their interest because um, his vision is that each uh, high school will have a different Future Ready Institute each high school who is interested in hosting one, right? And um, the idea is that it ties into um, the aptitude and interest of those students and that they, you know, kind of self determine, you know, what their area of, of interest will be starting at the eighth grade level, you know, so starting those conversations, right, in, in eighth grade with students about, you know, their aptitudes and interest in, in this case, the healthcare sector. And so um, we're really excited about it and um, look forward to supporting him. And, and to your point, Jeremy, I think the Future Ready Institute focused on healthcare will be a key component of the future talent pipeline uh, group of our healthcare initiative and how that can offset 
and and uh, strengthen what we're trying to do. I, I think that's that's so important um, to see the the future ready institutes. Um, really, the first institute focused on healthcare uh, is is big. Uh, you know, also Chattanooga 2.0, I think aligning some of the goals that we have there um, that they've already been tackling on, you know, several fronts, one being the doubling of, you know, post-secondary uh, degrees uh, from 30% to 60%. That draws directly in the line for this alliance. So I think a good partnership uh, there is going to be important. Awesome. Thank you, David, for joining us. And many thanks to David for signing up for this work and <laughs> volunteering to help uh, guide and steer this initiative. It's so critical to have his leadership. Happy to be here. Thank you, Jeremy. Thank you. Absolutely. Christy. It's an important point. We could not do any of the things that we do at the chamber without the support of some dedicated volunteers. Absolutely. So, thank you very much. Chattanooga's healthcare sector is expanding at a rapid rate. Data suggests that within the next five years, openings for registered nurses will exceed 300 annually. Local nursing programs are training the people that we will need to fill those jobs right now. In fact, Chattanooga State's most recent cohort of RN graduates had a 100% licensure pass rate. That's 13% higher than the national average. Here to speak with us about nursing excellence in Chattanooga, we have an esteemed panel of experts. For starters, we have Kelly Hand, nursing professor with the School of Nursing at UTC. We have Dr. Martina Harris, assistant dean and director of nursing at Chet State. Deborah Deal, chief nursing executive with Parkridge. We have Denise Roden, director of talent acquisition at Erlanger. And Rhonda Paulson, chief nursing officer for CHI Memorial. Welcome, all of you. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. So we we have some representatives from our uh, nursing schools here with us today. Uh, that statistic I just gave is pretty impressive. Um, what would you say you guys are doing um, in those nursing programs to to set yourselves apart? Well, for starters, like to throw in a plug for UTC, and we had a 97.3% pass rate for our first time in CLEX takes for our bachelor's program last year. Um, what we do differently, I would say it really relies on our partnerships with our clinical agencies just to provide our students with those hands-on learning opportunities. I think at UTC especially, we have um, smaller cohorts of students, and so the faculty are able to give more individualized attention and mentoring to those students to make sure that we are meeting their needs and um, graduating the students that we need. Excellent. Um, for, our, for our folks here who are actually hiring those students, um, what are you seeing um, in those students coming out of the programs? What are you looking for when you hire? For, for Memorial... We are looking for students that are really, uh, one, a match for our culture. We're a faith-based institution, and that's something that either you, you fit and align with that. Um, so we interview for fit for culture. Um, obviously, bedside nursing is difficult in every organization. So time management, um, understanding the sciences and your fundamentals of nursing before you decide on your spe specialty. 
We have a lot of interest in our cardiovascular critical care areas, and I look for students that either have a solid foundation from their experience within their nursing program, or they understand that that takes time and it doesn't come overnight. So people skills, time management skills, and uh, critical critical thinking, clinical reasoning, uh, the time to take, and understanding that school doesn't end with graduation. You have to be a lifelong adult learner within nursing. And I tell, I tell all my students, osmosis doesn't occur. Just working with a 20-year nurse doesn't mean that your knowledge has shared. You have to take that time and invest in continuing to just upgrade your skills. I agree with Rhonda. And what we find, um, I think Chattanooga does an extremely good job of preparing nurses when they're coming out of nursing school. We have a great relationship in the hospitals and the schools of nursing. But as Rhonda said, we know that it doesn't end there. And so I think the first thing, uh, just as uh, Rhonda said, what we're looking for is that nurse who really does fit not only the culture, but we see the compassion and the caring. We can still continue to teach those skills that um, maybe they didn't get an opportunity to see in school, but we really can't teach someone to be compassionate and to be caring. One of the things that uh, we do is when we're interviewing a potential nurse candidate is we have them go through a peer interview process. So the nurses in that area have a chance to talk with them and to let them know what happens in their particular area. The other thing we do is allow them a shadowing opportunity, and it's very beneficial. We learn a lot during that four to six hours that a nursing candidate spends in a nursing department. We see if they're going to be a fit not only for the organization, but for the culture of the department that they're considering. And so we find a lot during that time. And we're at, once, we're, once we hire them, we have extensive orientation, but we're really looking for again, the compassion, the caring. Rhonda mentioned time management. It's extremely important. Um, I think that's one area that I think where uh, it's a little bit more difficult in nursing school to teach that because of the way clinicals are established. And so making sure that, that new nurses understand it. I would agree. I think um, the clinical competencies coming out of school are an expectation. So uh, the whole package is critical. It is the, it's the fit for the organization, the fit for the team. I think uh, the soft skills, it's already been mentioned, you, it is very difficult to teach positive attitude, patient focus, uh, if not impossible to teach those things. So I think the soft skills are very, very important when we're considering new nurses. Um, also, more and more in our industry is business acumen. I think um, it's critically important to understand our, our industry, the financial pieces of our industry. I think the schools are doing a fantastic job at teaching it. Um, but I think more and more that's becoming just a very important knowledge set walking out of school. Okay. Obviously, the opportunity for nurses is growing at a rapid pace. Um, and we aren't currently producing enough to fill those those spots. Um, the Healthcare Alliance was created in part to address that fact. Uh, are there is there anything any steps that you see that we could take um, to help address that fact in the near term? One of the biggest things that we need are more nursing instructors. Every time. I speak with deans of nursing schools, and we do that regularly. 
um, the limiting factor most of the time because there's plenty of applicants. Uh, you know, each program will have more than twice as many applicants as they're going to be able to accept. And so as we are looking at how do we really develop our staff nurses and show them that, you know, being a nursing instructor is a great career, I think one of the things that we have to look at too, and it's not when you think about teachers and instructors and professors, it's true in colleges when you look at pay. Uh, I think pay is something that um, really has to be addressed. It's difficult to find a, a bedside nurse who probably makes more than a nursing instructor and the commitment and the time and the the energy that an instructor is going to, to place on that. And so as facilities, we do look at, you know, how do we have adjunct faculty? How do we help the schools do that? And I think as a community, that's something that we need to work on more. I agree, Deborah. I think the focus of advanced practice and nursing has been heavily advertised and promoted in advanced practice APNs and and even in leadership or CRNA school. So there is a knowledge level of what's available within nursing, but an oversight on behalf of the industry is the importance of we don't if we don't have the educators and the same kind of attraction to that market, we won't have people to teach the nurses to move into whatever specialty we need them to be. Just to add a little caveat with that, I mean, in the next 10 years, 50% of the current nursing faculty that we have are going to be eligible for retirement. So there is not only will there be a need, but there also is kind of, if you're looking at that succession, um, trying to find the right people for that. My two cents for that would be also, I know we're reaching into our high schools, but to try to reach even deeper down and get into those middle schools and let those kids know what opportunities exist. I think once you get into um, college, those science courses can be really difficult. So to have that knowledge and kind of getting into the math and the science needs of those kids, um, challenging them early on and just presenting these as, you know, nursing is a great career, but we really want you to have this strong science background. And so to kind of help prepare them as best we can for that. I think also the um, clinical space for nursing students, five years ago, even at Erlanger, we we likely did not have any, if um, any at all, students doing their clinicals on night shift and on the weekends. Mm -hmm. And today they're in our buildings literally 24 hours a day seven days a week. So I think, again, the partnership um, with the schools and the health systems has been fantastic at expanding clinical space. Um, We are also just on the very edge of developing a partnership with Howard School, um, Erlanger's Institute of Healthcare and Innovation with Howard School, and it's been a partnership with the Hamilton County Department of Education, Erlanger, Howard School, several foundations in the community, but essentially it is one of the Future Ready Institutes that is being developed here in Chattanooga. So the intent is exactly what we've been talking about. It is to uh, reach down into the lower high school years and um, try to get students interested in healthcare opportunities earlier. Uh, expose them to the many, many careers there are in healthcare, not just nursing, 
and um, hopefully have them by time of graduation at least with some basic entry-level skills that could enable them to get a, a job in any of our healthcare systems. First of all, I want to thank you all for what you're doing. I mean, you all affect everyone in our community with the quality of the health care that's provided here, and you're all very intentional. Your hospitals are intentional. Your program's very intentional at UTC, and so we're grateful for that because we know it's not easy work. It's hard work. Um, so thank you. Uh, but next question I wanted to ask is, um, what are some of the unique challenges that you face when recruiting talent into the field of nursing? You've talked a little bit about soft skills when you're hiring, but... What are some of those challenges? I'll start with the the sheer fact nursing is hard work. Nursing is physically demanding. It's um, it's mentally exhausting. The level of expectation of the consumer and the providers that we work with um, is growing every year. So you need to stay ever the subject matter expert in your field. And your your value, nursing actually has a value now. So we are we are held accountable. Denise alluded to it a little bit in the the business acumen, but being able to connect the dots of value based purchasing, and if your outcomes, which are your infection rates or your patient experience or your length of stay, that is heavily impacted by nursing skills. Um, isn't there. Your facility is actually financially penalized for that. It's so much more than being the sum of your task. And and that's hard to come in. And, and I said this to in another interview, you've got to want to put your feet on the floor every day when you get out of bed and come to work to be a nurse. And having an off day isn't okay because someone's life could be impacted. I, I agree with Rhonda. And one of the things that I think that we're challenged with is there's not enough diversity in nursing. And that's an area that actually um, Chattanooga State and Park Ridge are partnering. Uh, we wrote a grant. And so starting this summer, we will have uh, local high school students from five uh, high schools bringing students in. And uh, much like um, you said with what UTC and Erlanger and Memorial are doing is really how do we not just start with those that have already decided that they're going into nursing, but how do we encourage them to even to get there? And so when you look at nursing as a profession, there is not enough diversity. And so getting interest and making sure that in high school that these uh, students who may be in schools where they don't have that encouragement and someone really telling them, you you can go be a professional. You know, nursing is a great profession. So that's one of the things that we're doing. You're right. To see themselves that it's possible. And, and Kelly hit on the sciences. So we're also, we participate with Brainerd with, um, actually with Walker County now with their, there's a, there's a population in our region that needs jobs. And how do we put the idea in that student's head that it is possible and they're not a straight-A student, so they may not make the cut in the first pass at UTC, but what is the avenue that they can get into health care and then connect with our tuition reimbursement and also impact their health? So you get benefits, you get insurance, you get access to health care for you and your family, and that overall just improves their whole quality of life. That's because nurses also are aging, um, our, our, our 
my average age is actually 36 in my in my workforce, which is is younger than it used to be. Um, but they're young and they're having babies, and they also want work life balance, and they don't want to live at the hospital all the time. So how do we open our minds to every? There's more people available to do that work, and not everyone's on night shift for the rest of their life. I agree with with everything we just talked about. I think um, they have nurses have many many options. And it is only going to become more acute for all of us who are trying to recruit them. So um, we actually, we hire about 200 new graduates a year at Erlanger. And really, it is, that's not the problematic piece for us. I think the, the level one trauma center, the teaching hospital, it is very attractive for new graduates. Um, just from the standpoint of uh, what they can learn and growth opportunities, I think Retention uh, for all health systems is critical with nurses. Um, essentially, once one gets to about the 18-month, two-year, three-year mark at any of our facilities, you become extremely marketable and uh, could have any number of jobs anywhere in the United States next week. So I think retention is it's critical. So things like flexibility, offering more career opportunities, growth opportunities. Uh, we've implemented all kinds of unique staffing models at Erlanger to address this, the shortage of nurses. Um, recruiting more and more out of our region, just out of necessity. We, we move people here every week to start employment as a registered nurse at Erlanger from all over the place. So um, there, there are lots of things that, that we have to do to recruit the number of nurses that we need. And kind of on that point, we're becoming more and more of a mecca for outstanding healthcare quality. And again, that's uh, in conjunction with the work that all of you are doing of elevating what you're producing. So talk to us, I mean, are you having, when you're doing that external recruiting element, because we aren't quite producing what's needed yet here, which due to, like we talked about, the, the abilities of, of our, our ability to, to find teachers, et cetera, but... Um, are you having to reach out farther when you're recruiting than you had in the past? Talk to us we, a little bit about we that. We definitely are. I have found with our nurse residency program, we're in our fourth cohort. And half or more of the resident applications that we've received are actually outside of Chattanooga. And half of our first cohort of nurse residents actually came from outside as far as Indiana, Ohio, which was a little surprising to me at first. I'm a Chattanooga native. I've spent my whole nursing career here. And in the past, in nursing leadership roles, uh, I didn't see that. I didn't see nurses applying for positions unless maybe their husband or it typically was a husband, had you know transferred to Chattanooga and maybe they came with them. What I'm seeing now is a shift. I'm seeing families moving because the wife, who is a nurse, and we have husbands who are nurses too, um, are coming here for a job. Because as you said, Chattanooga is becoming more attractive as a city and as a community, and we do have great health care offerings here. And so I've been encouraged by that. We hire, you know, all of our hospitals hire uh, a lot of new graduates every year. And it is, in the last couple of years, becoming 
easier and we're finding more that are wanting to come. I think it's a perk that uh, that that Chattanooga is a marketable town. It's we definitely use it in our recruitment. Uh, one of the one of our strategies, we're in our ninth cohort with our RN residency, and just a a brief exclamation of what that is. Every pro every hospital may do it a little bit differently, but the onboarding time for a nurse to get their basic skills to make that good fit on the floor and to not have your turnover in the first eighteen months is key to getting them prepared and ready for nurse life in your hospital. So the residencies are designed for that. Um, our strategy and one of the reasons we wanted to become an accredited res accredited nursing residency by ANCC was to have that outreach program outside of our region. So we're getting applicants as far as California. California and Washington State. Our current cohort we're interviewing for this summer will take 80 to 100, and then we'll represent 32 nursing programs across the country right now, just in our applicants. Because we, and it's a mobile, we're in a mobile industry. We're in a mobile workforce. People want to move. So we want to be welcoming. We also want them to like Chattanooga. I also understand that we're halfway between Nashville and Atlanta. And that's that's nice that they can get there and not have to fight the traffic every day. And they have family in our region. So we, we try to capitalize on that. But it's it's what we have to do to get to, to feel that our market population is growing faster than our healthcare workforce, as you said. And we're doing whatever it takes to recruit the people here to continue to provide that quality of care that you're getting from all three of our organizations. You know, and that's a great point, Rhonda, that, you know, as we're top 25 in the country in terms of job growth and people moving to our community, that's great. But that does put more pressure on all of you for healthcare delivery, uh, which is a good opportunity, but at the same time, a challenge. So, and you're right, the stickiness of, you know, Chattanooga and Hamilton County. I mean, that's why, you know, our work at the chamber and with so many partners in the community, it's critical to continue evolving as a dynamic quality of place because that stickiness for all of you, you know, trying to recruit talent in really is important. And uh, I did want to go back to an earlier point too, that, you know, we were talking about, you know, the healthcare formation um, earlier and the importance of, you know, kind of the equity component. And what I love about, you know, nursing and what, you know, our healthcare system offers in this community is the jobs are easily accessible to a lot of people in, in our community. To, to nearly everyone has access to a healthcare-related job. And so thinking about that is so powerful. Not only do you impact everyone in the community, but again, your jobs really are very accessible in terms of distance, you know, um, uh, to work, um, depending on what someone's looking for. And so there's so many great opportunities in the healthcare sector. We just encourage all listeners to really think concertedly about either your own interest or others that you know, you know, encouraging people to consider nursing, to considering uh, being in the healthcare sector. It's it's so necessary, key driver of our GDP, our employment, and and candidly, as we all know, the healthcare of everyone in this community. So your work is is just ever important. I think something to also just for the public to realize is all of us have satellite facilities. So it's not just the, the big three campuses that are downtown that people see from the interstate. Um, every one of us represented here have access points to the system, to healthcare and jobs, be it in Bledsoe or West Jasper. Jasper or Georgia. We, we realize that we are an employer too many, many roles, not just nursing. Mm -hmm. And I think folks don't think about the hospitals that way. Mm -hmm. um, and if, correct me if I'm wrong, I think I heard Hamilton County's last unemployment rate was something like 3%. Yes, we're just so over 3 So jobs mm -hmm. are open and they're out there. And if people are looking for jobs, they don't know. They think I have to be a licensed professional 
to work at a hospital. And we have so many levels, levels of opportunity that people can access at many points across in our region that, that it would be important for everyone to understand that. And that's a great point. And that the entry level is, you know, there, there are various degrees there. And I think you all are, are being very intentional internally about, you know, fostering interest of, you know, elevating that interest too. As someone gets in at a certain level and they want to increase and expand their skill set, you're helping them provide pathways and opportunities to do that as well. It's true. We hire a lot of patient care technicians and some of them, at the point that we hire them, they don't even necessarily have aspirations to be a nurse. But once they start working, we see many of them decide to go to nursing school. Rhonda mentioned it earlier, all of us offer tuition reimbursement. And that's a very important thing because many folks don't have thousands of dollars to pay for that. And a lot of um, patient care techs and, you know, transporters and other people may be there, you know, they've already moved out from their parents' home and they're living on their own and in their mind, they're not sure that they could pay for it. And so we see that as opportunity when we have those uh, staff members that we can really sit down with that are interested and really encourage them. Maybe they want to be a nurse or a respiratory therapist, radiology tech. As Rhonda said, there's so many opportunities within healthcare. Of course, we as nurses always want to encourage everyone that we feel like has a, you know, the great uh, compassion and caring personality to go into nursing, but it isn't the only the only healthcare profession. And when you think about, it, I think so many people, and you know, I know emerging leaders today, but so many people, and we, we want to go to work and feel, you know, tied to the mission, right? And when you think about the work that you all do, I mean, oh my goodness, you know, you're saving lives, you're changing lives, you're helping people to lead better lives than, you know, maybe what would have happened had they, you know, not entered your facility or if they entered in in a different situation. And um, I mean, there's. There's so much reward in that. And so even if you are kind of a technician, right? I mean, everyone plays into that, right? They recognize something in a patient that causes a nurse to react differently. I mean, every person on the continuum influences and impacts people's health in this community. And that is powerful. And that draws, that can draw so many people, I think, um, to your places of work that I hope more people start to think more broadly about it. In our organization, we call those good catches. So it's part of our Safety First program. And we try to empower everyone in the organization to have a no-pass zone. So if a patient has something, you don't have to have an RN beside your name to address their need. And uh, an example of that is one of our EVS employees on our Hickson campus overheard a patient struggling. They didn't know what it was, and they went into a room to see what was wrong. The patient was seizing and coded, and the EVS person was able to call someone to that room before it was recognized. But it was it's just empowering that person to say, to grant them permission to just ask and intervene and, and not provide medical care, but to seek assistance. And it's okay for them to do that. To act. So just and to, to act. help real quickly. So EVS is... Environmental services, housekeeping. Oh, oh yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Housekeeping. There we go. But every level Hello. of the organization, you know, yes. to connect with, I'm here to provide patient care. That's great. So Denise, you mentioned um, having, recruiting people from further and further away. When you're bringing those people here, um, as someone who sells Chattanooga for a living, it's it's nice uh, that it makes my job easy. Uh, but when when you're bringing those people in here, what are they telling you about why? Uh, what is it that lures them here? What is it that they find attractive? Well, I, I will actually, when we're sending one of the recruiters out to a recruiting event, 
in California, anywhere in the United States. And uh, I, I will tell them what you will talk about 80% of the time is Chattanooga. And I, I actually always say I feel like, for the most part, uh, I could work for the Chamber of Commerce. Thank you. And then hopefully <laughs> you get the other 20% to talk about Erlanger and the growth opportunities and, and career opportunities at Erlanger. But Chattanooga is a magnet. And even if the person you're talking to standing at a conference in California has no interest in moving for 20 years, because for whatever reason, almost everyone has a Chattanooga story. And it may be that they they were fortunate enough to spend a weekend here, or they may, like me, have lived in Michigan and driven through Chattanooga on their way to the beach. And just fell in love with it over the years of traveling back and forth through it. And I totally agree with Rhonda. I think um, our society is extremely mobile. So when you get to points in life that you can say, I could go anywhere and I have a career that will actually allow me to literally go anywhere, um, Chattanooga is where I want to be. I think um, over and above the career opportunities here, the cost of living comparatively is still wonderful and an enormous selling point. Uh, the lack of uh, state taxes is a huge selling point. Um, there are lots of things that we talk about once we get into more in-depth conversations with candidates, but in general, um, it is a magnet. No matter whether we're at a nursing conference, a conference for physicians, a conference for compliance folks, um, it doesn't matter. Chattanooga is a magnet. I think that is a great note to end on. Yes, Chattanooga <laughs> is a magnet. I agree. Thank you all for being here and, and sharing some of your valuable time with us. This was incredibly enlightening uh, for me, for, sh for sure. We will return next time. I uh, want to thank all our guests again for being here. Thank you so much. We appreciate what you do on behalf of the community, on behalf of the business community, and our um, thoughtful residents here who, who involve themselves so often, not only in the community, but places of work. So appreciate your leadership in providing great health here in our community. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed the episode, and we hope you're enjoying our podcast. If you are, we'll see you again in a couple of weeks when we'll be introducing you to five other podcasts recorded here locally in Chattanooga that we think you'll enjoy. Chattanooga Works is a production of the Chattanooga Area Chamber of Commerce. It's hosted by me, Jeremy Henderson, and Christy Gillenwater. Production and music by Eric Lissica. Our executive producer is Sybil Topol with editorial assistance from Amanda Ellis. Thank you for listening. We'll see you again in two weeks.